following is a presentation of the Acme Writing Academy. Are, are you ready to rock and roll? I'm ready. We're here today with a, a guest Academy member, Mary Helen Stefaniak. Yep. Who, uh, you know, we're not big on credits and all of that, mm. lot, but go to Mary Helen Stefaniak, S-T-E-F-A-N-I-A-K.com, and you'll find out uh, how brilliant this person is and the books she's written and so forth. But uh, so She seems oddly self-satisfied with that, I have to say. <laughs> she's like, yes. Yeah, so uh, yes, thank you. Yes. yes. <laughs> well, you're Go there, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I think. You guys, <laughs> you should both, actually, you should both feel pretty self-satisfied because uh, here at the undisclosed location. Yes. Last mm -hmm. night, you both read. Yeah, you gave from, public performances. From your works, and mm -hmm. then today, you both uh, gave craft talks. That's right. Did you workshop today, too? I did. And so did you, Mike, right? Yep. Two stories, two stories? Two stories. Yep. Oh, what, the, what the hell are you doing here? Why aren't we out drinking wine or Guinness? I don't know. Oh, wait a minute. Or, we are. Know. We are. Yeah, wait. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, hey, cheers, guys. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. Yeah, great day. Cheers. That was really something. Great day, especially day. now that it's over. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Magnuson, I'm just worn out just from listening to you. Yeah. You know. I like the talk of the language, though. Like, I, that, like when you were, you, you know, you talked about sentences and stuff this morning and that's the most interesting part of writing to me talking yeah just looking at those miniatures i've always been that way too like like you know i had mary helen for an advisor here at the mystery mfa program <laughs> mm -hmm. and uh be between her and david long who i also had as advisor i mean we were just down on sentences and just kind of going with the idea that you know write a decent sentence it buys you another sentence. Yeah. Write uh -huh. that one and then ask why about that sentence and then you get you another one pretty soon. You're 100 pages into a novel and you have no idea where the fuck you are. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which yeah, well, I, I'm discovering now. But anyhow, yeah. that's my cross to bear. Well, you know, that's uh, Philip Roth, mm -hmm. the late, great Philip Roth. That's, what he, that's how you write a novel, he said. You know, you write a, you write a sentence and then you write another sentence that you can kind of hook onto that previous sentence, and then mm -hmm. you write another one after that, <laughs> and uh, then you end up with something. You know? and, and then you fix it all. Well, he didn't get. He didn't mention that. I Did he ever know. fix it, or was he just done when it when he got the end? I don't end? know. Some I don't people know. People write that way. Yeah, you know? some people do. I I had a very good friend in a workshop when I was a graduate student, and that was very foreign to me. The idea that you would just eke out one yeah. sentence at a time and fiddle and fiddle with that one sentence. And of course that's not very efficient because no. it makes you reluctant to cut those sentences later when you need to take out that whole you know, chapter or page or paragraph. Yeah, that's, that's right. right because you have so much invested in it. Yeah, so that, that's the downside of that. Yeah, that's the that's problem I'm having now. I mean, I wrote um, short stories, but now I've gone the novel route. It's like, well, do you just plow ahead, you know, and get your story down on paper, but, and then go back and make the language cool? But I don't, I don't know if I can do that because I think I have to find the story in the language itself yeah. as I'm doing it. Yeah, that's it. So, is that you dinging? That's me dinging, sorry. Can you off? Do? I don't know how to make the ding stop. It is on silent. It is? Yep, my phone's on silent, but it keeps dinging. But it's dinging. dinging anyways. Yeah, well, why don't I just put it somewhere else? Oh, I can't. That's all right. <laughs> Sorry, she can't. It'll just ding. Yes, I can, but that's I, fine. 
Okay. Yeah. It's a drinking game. Yeah. It, it, admittedly, though, it, it's, you know, you come to talk acne, you come to talk serious about, you know, whatever we're going to do. Yeah. It's hard after a day of, you know, being in, like, listening to the lectures all day long. Yeah. Just even talking with people. I don't talk with people as much as... The thing, you know, yeah. the thing that It's good, you know, to talk with people. But. The thing I just really didn't get out of today was for all the talk about sentences and punctuation and everything, what happened to the semicolon? Has the semicolon fallen out of favor? Oh, hell no. I pointed out a semicolon. Yeah. Only yeah. one. Uh, well, you didn't it think in? it should go in for six-year-olds shouldn't use the semicolon. Yeah, I was pointing that out. Yeah, that is, I that's that's I a big gun that. for a six-year-old. <laughs> yeah, like, that is six-year-olds should not use semicolons. <laughs> <laughs> when a six-year-old is using it, it means they're just stalling. <laughs> I yeah, I don't know. She's. I don't think she knows about semicolons. And but. Uh, and then there was some other writer we found it in. Oh, I know, in that crazy poem yeah. by uh, Catherine, not Catherine Harris. The I've got it right. Hand me that black notebook. Let's just let's take a look at this poem. And maybe it is. Maybe it's Catherine I can, I can, no, I got Harris. Um, the one that's yeah. called "Lines Leaning Single Lines oh. Going Forward." That was great. One monostick past. 45. And that was the poem that gave me the sentence that was so interesting to me that gave rise to the whole talk, but it's the, uh, what is it, it's, um, she, she gets to this point, all these one line, you know, single lines, the poem is all single lines, mm -hmm. and then about line 21, I think, she says, is it me or is the sentence by its structure arrogant? Ah, right. And I like that. I thought, you know, yeah, it is. <laughs> you know? Both. Yeah. Um, Why don't I have that handout? I'm such a terrible uh, host. It's not on there anyway. It's not on there. I'm still, still thinking about composing sentences one at a time, like, you know, like writing a book that way. And for me, uh, I, I, I hate composition. I can't stand it. I can't. It's the worst. I feel like I get, I'm writing a term paper or something. But once I have, you know, a bunch of pages written out, then that's kind of fun to write. It's fun to continue writing, or it's not fun? a tweak with what I've written. Oh. You know, it's so just like the act of. So if I if it came to I had to write one sentence at a time, I would never. Man, I'd hardly make it past the haiku phase. <laughs> well. So like you enjoy it, like you no, sit down. No, I don't write like that. No, I don't like that. Look, when you sit down <clears> to write, you know, is it kind of like a warbling experience where the words are flowing out of you? And well, sometimes the words flow, you know, you know. Sometimes they flow and sometimes they don't. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so sometimes you end up eking out one sentence after the other, and it's sort of like, you know, trying to get the engine to turn over. Yeah. Right? And then it turns over, and you write. Some pages worth until uh, it stalls. Yeah. <laughs> I remember you, I said, I think I sent you an e email and said I was switching from writing short stories to working on a novel. And I think your response was, well, it's, <laughs> it's no harder to write a novel than a short story. No. Which it's, is kind of true, maybe. I think it's probably, you know, in some ways, easier to write a novel. Less pressure on the. Yeah, you can just, there's less pressure on each sentence, right? Just, yeah, mm -hmm. just go loping across the mesa. Yeah, I think it's the way people read books too. You, when you pick up a novel, the reader reads faster. Yeah, that's true. You know, that gives you a lot of slack. 
Well, does it give you slack, or do you have to have a different sort of strategy to keep them? You know, the, the reason I've been thinking slack is I've been I've been really spending a lot of time like reading regular books that regular people read. And Nelson DeMille is the writer that I've fallen into the most. You read his stuff? No, I haven't. Looked. Nelson DeMille. Nelson DeMille. Some of them are detective books, and some are like kind of spy novels. Oh. And it's just mostly dialogue, and it's really schlocky and. And, and I'm just amazed at, like, you know, all the things that we're not supposed to do, you know, like long conversations where, like, plot points are revealed and stuff. Yeah. That's just what it is. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. People love this guy. And then when you kind of get the cadence of reading it and, and try to turn off your school brain that thinks it's all wrong, it's just delightful. You just burn through these things like, like bonbons and yeah. throw them over your shoulder and grab another one. So I don't know. So I think I, I'm thinking of lowering my standards, which you know I have very, I don't have a very far distance to go. <laughs> well, that's what William Stafford said you ought to do. What William Stafford, who's like the most prolific poet in the history of America, who has appeared mm -hmm. in, I mean he did, he's dead now, yeah, of course, he's but dead. he uh, appeared in like every every possible publication venue, and that was that's his standard. I mean that's his advice to you, as if you're having trouble. You got writer's block. There's is no writer's block. Right. Just lower your standards. That's lower your problem. Standard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just lower your standards. That's true because writer's block is just a, it's uh, perfectionism out of control. Yeah, and always yeah. at the wrong time usually, you know. Yeah. You, while you're first trying to, trying to get it <laughs> when you're trying <laughs> at the to write something. When you're trying to write something. <laughs> yeah. You know, like if you're painting the trim in the bathroom, then perfectionism is a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell that to my painter. <laughs> It's like, so I'm doing an artistic thing here. Don't worry, I'll come back and fix it later. Oh. <laughs> I'm just going to throw some pipes here under your sink. Ah. And later on, I'll come back and tighten them all. <laughs> well, there you go. That's just like writing. Right? Yeah. Isn't That's, that exactly? Yeah, but you don't want your plumber working like that. Well. <laughs> well, they do when they build a house, I guess. They stage it all, and yeah. they tighten it up. Well, I guess you can't use it until he tightens it up. Yeah. Just yeah. Like, you don't want to read it till you tighten it up. I mean, somebody right. else don't, doesn't want to read it until you tighten it up. I like that. I like that as a, yeah, you know, tight, I'm going to throw some pipes in here, come back and tighten them up later. Right. I'll fix it later. It's just revision, right? When they come That's back what I and tell Deborah all the time. Yeah. I'll yeah. fix it later. I'll fix it later. Well, you don't have to remind me every six months. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I've seen that T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> That's a good one. It goes without saying in my house. You know, I th I, so like, when you're building a house, do you let the contractor come in and make suggestions about where you put the pipes? And We actually did build a house. Right. And the architect specified everything. Okay. And, uh, and then the contractor came in and screwed it all up. Uh, that's oh, all that's nice. part of the process. It's part, part of the, the process. process. We, we, our house leaked like a sieve the first year. You mean from the rain? Yep. Oh. From the yeah. one day of rain you get per year? No, no, we had a really, really big rain. I think it was 1997 or something like that. And, and uh, wow. uh, we sued our contractor and uh, got a bunch of money from him and had to rebuild a third of the house. Oh, my God. Yeah. They, they did the the uh, stucco wrong. They, the, they set the windows wrong. They screwed everything up. Hmm. Unbelievable. So, but anyhow, you know, the plumbing thing... I, I was thinking of that because Valerie, that's Valerie Lakin, who also teaches here, uh, she has that great talk about uh, writer's block, 
and how she said every time we were talking about writer's block, take out the word writer and put in the word plumber. <laughs> yeah. so, I'm sorry, I cannot fix your sink today. I have plumber's block. <laughs> and you know what I think about her? That's I good. think she's like really an obsessive, like get things right. Like she's who Valerie? Yeah, I think you know it's weird. Yep. I don't know if it's blocked, but I think like she's really concerned about getting it right before letting her stuff go. You know. Well, which is a good, which is a good thing. There are some people, you know, who just. You know, they got a book every year or something like that. It's just, wing. You know, here's another one. <laughs> well, they must be having somebody else help a little bit with the uh, editing, don't you think? Well, I don't know. Or, or they write in a style that doesn't demand are they, it, putting English on the English sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah, that uh -huh. takes a lot of hours to try to, t t you know, tweak every sentence so it's not yeah. straight on, you know. But then right. it still sounds straight on. That's the trick, right? Yeah. I mean, not, not that I can perform it, but you, you know what no, I'm saying? No, that goes to your whole irony talk. You know, no, but even like I mean, it strikes me that that that's the goal in, in the writing is that it sounds perfectly natural, but you've done something to it, so it's not really natural. There's well. little everything's just kind of a little little fiddled with, and that just takes forever, I think. Yeah, yeah, it it can, but you know, asking about whether you write really, whether you eke it out sentence by sentence, or whether mm -hmm. you, it seems to me that. Um, if I'm writing, like in Pondside, in my the mm -hmm. novel I that I just finished, you know, I completed. Huh? I know. Right. Right. Anyway, yeah, um, we get to that. I'm <laughs> jealous. World of Pondside. World of Pondside. Yeah, yeah. Pond not World of Bonsai. <laughs> <laughs> World. It isn't. It really, actually, it isn't a very good title because people hear it wrong. It, it might change. Oh no! I love the title. I love the title. World of Pondside. Yeah, when you see it, I It'll love look, it when you yeah. see it. But when it comes up in the Netflix queue, too, it'll look really good. <laughs> <laughs> that does sound like a shell, right? World of Pondside. World of, of Pondside. Uh, it's a nursing home novel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they love that shit yeah, on yeah, Netflix. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, you know, if you're writing a, a, mm -hmm. um, a character, you're writing from the point of view of a character, you know, who's different from you. Although that there's nothing in the first person, it's all in the third person. But right. you kind of get on a roll with his way of seeing things. And right. to do that, if there's a voice involved, first person, if it's a voice other than mine, or other than my, whatever, my normal voice, or my school marm voice, or whatever, then I have to let it go. I can't stop and fix sentences, because that would shut up the voice. I gotcha. You know? Right. Yeah. You write, well, so yeah. when you write in third yeah. person, though, you, you kind of veer into the voice of the focal character, right? Whoever's, yeah, who, yeah. whoever's up. Whoever's yeah. up, yeah. 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 yeah well, I the guess. interesting thing about uh, World of Pondside is, is uh, it's set in a nursing home with a lot of people with ALS or uh, other degenerative diseases that affect their minds and their bodies. And you head hop, you go, you hit all the different, you, sh you show us this world through all the different characters oh, and man. you know, like choose your unreliable narrator. That's, yeah, a, that's a dumb, yeah. that's, you know, that's such a big word for such a simple funny thing like Maybe all of us are unreliable. Yeah, writers, yeah. Right? Well, of course, just that's, degrees that's of what it's about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what? I I even have it because I wanted to point out. You know, sometimes sometimes you can read something in third person, and then you you're like, after you put it down, you go back and you think about it. and You think, well, that was first person. Yeah, you right. can't remember. You know? Yep. I was so close in with that character, and I was reading it. Mary Helen was kind enough to give me a. Oh, look at this. Yeah, right. Okay, here we go. Kind enough to give me an advance 
an advanced reader's copy? <laughs> Not even. It's, it's an, an advanced, advanced reader's no, it's, word <laughs> file. It's, it's the proto-penultimate. <laughs> proto-penultimate <laughs> reader's copy. Because uh, I had that very... I was talking to you the other day about... Um, we are talking about narrative distance. Yeah, that's really what you're kind of managing there. You move in so close mm-hmm. that you're... You fall a little bit into their their language, or you know, there are things you wouldn't do uh, in his voice. But it's mostly just his voice makes him t- completely. You know, the character uh, he doesn't exist unless you can right. hit his voice. And then when that's what he's the, all the rest of him comes from his voice. I'm trying to scan my mind for the technique. I know that Balzac wrote something about it that I read in grad school somewhere along the line. Of about okay, voice. here's yeah, where you're writing, where you where the the third person narration becomes the voice of the focal character and then it can kind of go in can and out. Go out of, yeah, yeah, go out again. So uh, we have this character, Foster. Yeah, right? he's... And who is Foster? Foster, actually, I think of Foster as uh, the main character. Yeah, he I think so, too. He is a young man who works in the kitchen, mm-hmm. high school dropout. Yep. Washes dishes mostly, clears tables. Something a little quirky about him. Yeah. He well, he doesn't see, have he doesn't have any money. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, but I mean, he kind of sees the world in a in a weirdly skewed way. I can't yeah. quite. Yeah. I think he kind of has a chip on his shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. But we're seeing a lot of the story through him. Yeah. And uh, I want to read a little of this, or do you want to read it? No, you can read it since he's a boy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So here's. I don't think you even need any context for this because I'm just talking about how the, the, the what you do to get uh, close into the character. So you've got so it says uh, Dwayne Lotspike. Lotspike is how I think of it. Dwayne Lotspike's opinions were usually pretty worthless, but this one might have some merit. Foster thought, <laughs> although a doctor would have to sign the orders to move her to a different level of care. Foster could see from the end of the hall that some jokester had stuck a little streamer of yellow caution tape to Mary McIntyre's door. (laughs) It occurred to him that he could hardly take a chance on her showing up while he tore her baby doll limb from limb, never mind that he intended to put it back together. Instead of continuing down Hawkeye Lane, Foster ducked into the shower, supply closet this time, and pulled the door shut. If anybody opened it, he would stuff the doll behind a stack of towels and pretend to be doing something else entirely. He figured, he figured he had a little time before the scheduled morning activities broke up and briefly populated the hallways with geezers and CNAs. So, it's clear what you're doing, right? Almost every sentence, you're firing, you're firing the gun through... Through Foster. Through Foster. Yeah. And you're finding, you're finding all of these interesting ways it occurred to him, Foster thought. Uh, if anybody opened it, he would. Uh, um, he figured he had a little time, right? But in the meantime, now you're sneaking in all, we're getting all this description, right? We're getting a whole scene kind of set. You know, there's a picture mm-hmm. of all of this, the baby doll and uh, Hawkeye Lane. And uh, yeah. so he's actually occurring in space. So, I mean, you could you could have written that paragraph just establishing that Foster was in the hallway and then forget about Foster, right? Yeah. Then you could have just like said what happened and the reader th- you know, they think that they're they're seeing it through Foster's eyes, but you're not feeling in close like right. like this guy, Foster. Yeah, you have to move in close. 
Yeah. That's right. And you're thinking through Foster. Yeah. That's why you're yeah. writing through him. And, you know, maybe I would go back later. Maybe I will. I don't know. <laughs> uh -oh. And, uh, you know, t see, you see how many he figures and he thoughts mm -hmm. you can take out. Mm -hmm. And then it's still, it's still, the reader understands that they're looking through Foster's eyes. And as you say, the reader forgets about it. And later, thinking back, half the time, you, f you sort of remember it as being in the first person. Yeah. Even though it wasn't in the first person, right. but it was completely through his, his consciousness. Which means you've really done, you've, yeah. Da, da, da. yeah. <laughs> Mary Ellen's making an alien, uh, is that mm -hmm. a Klingon sign? No, actually, I was saying like you're seeing it no, through seeing his it. eyes. When people <laughs> do that, you know, or no, what are is they that doing? what it's like right. when you? Is that what I like? It's, it's like when a baseball. character shoots daggers out of their eyes. Yeah, something yeah. like that. They come out of their fingers. I don't know. You know, I, in my first manuscript when I was working with Pete Fromm, I had I had uh, uh, daggers coming out of her eyes. Oh, and, I bet he liked that. And he said, he said, <laughs> eyes, eyes, uh, pretty inefficient thing to bring to a knife fight. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's yeah. really good. Yeah. See, so when I get sarcastic on you, I learn from the master. Yeah, I, I, we've been yeah. trading. We've been trading pages oh. and terrorizing each other about. That's always a good idea. Yeah, I've learned something big about that though. Is when you're submitting large numbers of pages to people for a novel workshop. The more pages you have, the better off you're going to be. Because if you give them, hey, I just couldn't get enough together this week, here's 20, they are going to eat you alive, man. They are going to eat every <laughs> sentence. There's something wrong with it. You know, my God, can't you try harder? You give them 75, 80, nothing. This is the best pages I've ever read in my life. Because they're too tired, you just yeah. wear them down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they can't look it's at the it. Only, I, I, the, since we've been doing novel workshop, I think that it should be like a 60-page minimum. Like, you know, like that's your minimum bet when you come to the table. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. your ante. You got to put well, that I think in the you, you got a, a five-page ante and then 60 pages. It's really hard because, you know, I, I, I've had a thing where I've, I mean, I've written the book and I'm going back and tweaking it and then showing it to people as I go, you know. And I had this thing where just this guy's walking up to this woman's house. That's all it is. And I might have spent a week and a half on it. Well, it's 30 pages for Trying Christ to prove there's a midget bar in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, which there once was. And so you saw That was the research you were doing? I seen them. You seen them? I, I seen the midgets. You seen them. Yeah. It's a place called the Jockey Club. And it's a Jockey Club. It's a midget bar. Ah. But whatever the case is, you know, like... Makes sense. So, like, <laughs> you, you get some, like tough notes on a section and then you want to start reworking it so then yeah. it'll be happy times man it's like two weeks later and like when you're trying to put together a book you can't get bogged down in a couple of paragraphs no they're fucked up yeah no and you can't always, although it's easy for that to happen oh yeah because you know you want to satisfy your workshop groups they they they're, they come up and they're they're like little little bubbles that look like their head they come over my keyboard and yeah. around. <laughs> there they go don't use that yeah T take out that yeah, know that. <laughs> I no. told you about that, Mike. Yeah. I told you about that. I like the idea of it, though. I, 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 of the I, workshop group? Yeah. There's no way I'd finish the book if it was... Like, I, I have it all written out, and I can't. I'm afraid to let it go. For you, I think it's a, just a stimulus to keep working on it. Well, to revise you know, it another time. Yeah, because you know if I you need. give it to us, then, you know... It's a hard, it's yeah. a hard endeavor. It is. I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't know much about short stories. I don't write them much, but, but like a, a book just takes so long, you know. It does, and the 
although I think the hardest thing about writing the novel, and it's really the thing that makes it harder than, was actually I think short stories are harder to write than novels, but to, to get it, to make it work. To write a really great short story, I think in some ways is harder than to write a really great novel, but um, you know, having written many really great so Well, how long did it take you to write The Caliphs of, of Baghdad, Georgia? Um, six years. That's what I said. That's a big book, too. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff in there. Oh right? my gosh, yeah, that's a that's a that's a real novel. But you know, uh, it's not it a little, like kind of long short story novel. Like no, that's a, like, no, no, it's, no, it's, no. It's a novel. it goes everywhere. It's complex. And yeah, yeah, yeah I really, that's an enjoyable thing. Yeah, six years though. Six years, yeah. Well, you know, I'm also teaching and wow. we actually in the while I was writing that book, we bought this that our 156 year old former stagecoach in in Iowa mm -hmm. City, which was, had been lived in by a crazy cat lady for the last you know, <laughs> several so years. That required a little cleanup, I'm guessing? Not cleanup, it required tear out. Oh, oh really? We yeah. had to tear out all the plaster on the, uh, all the plaster really, most of it on the first floor, I mean on the second floor as well. We had to tear out the floors. Um, I got really good at all these hardwood floors. You had to just tear them out and throw them in the dumpster. And you guys did your own demolition and we stuff? We did our own That's interior the way demolition. That's really good for couples, too. <laughs> we, oh, do, we do all that in yeah, Or not. Right? It's a family thing. Yeah, our, we had our, I mean, our kids, are, our kids are, you know, adults. But our daughter, our poor daughter, was spending a, um, like a year in Iowa City working between being in Australia and going somewhere else. And so she got... She, you know, did a lot of our interior demolition. Actually, so did our other daughter and the son-in-law and everything. She said, "There's nothing like having your parents put a, give you a, a kind of a Darth Vader mask, you know, and a, a crowbar and say, just t put you in a room and say, just take all this out of here, like you're Rapunzel, you know, like instead of spinning the straw into gold, just take all this down." So we did. So, uh, so I think the original question was, while you were doing that nine-month right. uh, rehab. What, what was your writing schedule like? Yeah. Uh, gentlemen, I pretty much wrote uh, every day, um, at least Monday through Friday. Because at the same time, the additional wrinkle there is that this house is in Iowa City, Iowa, and I was teaching in Omaha, Nebraska. Right. So I was going back and forth every weekend. I would come every back. Every weekend? Yeah. Oh my and God. you wrote every day? Yeah, because otherwise, Yes. So what was the deal? So you just like just you just an hour, or well, no, I I I at the time, I've sort of come to feel a little different about uh, differently about this now. But for many years, it I just had I, I had to have like four hours. I yeah, had to have four hours, like. and so whatever my teaching schedule, I'm teaching full time mm -hmm. and uh, at Creighton University mm -hmm. in Omaha, and uh, I would set up a schedule so that I could have a four hour block. And whether you know it was at five o'clock in the morning or it couldn't be mm -hmm. at night, I'm yeah. I'm good for nothing. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. I'm hard time I'm night. Night. Yeah. Yeah. So it had to be it had to be the first thing, um, and uh, so while all this was going on, so where, but you yeah. had somewhere else to stay when you were redoing. Well, the, yeah, you couldn't live in it. It was so down to house. the joist. It was torn apart. So like yeah. you had a, an office and. Well, I, in in Omaha, I had an apartment. You right. Know? And then in uh, I, in Iowa City, we were living in a house, yeah, in a different house, the house that we'd been in right. since I we had come for the we workshop. When you say four hours, we we talked once, maybe on an Acme thing about uh, the curve of the session. Like, as a musician, you know, uh, record record dates are 
paid in three hours. You, you hire musicians for three, for three hours. hours. And so there's a kind of an arc that occurs of work getting done in the three hours. And it's not like at five minutes after you start playing. Yeah. There's a lot of fucking around and, and uh, telling jokes and, you know, playing the demos and doing whatever they used to do in the 70s and 80s, which didn't necessarily enhance the music. But uh, <laughs> uh, I've kind of kept that rhythm myself. Just It just seems, it seems natural. Like if, if I can do two, a, a three-hour curve in the morning, that's very nice. If I can do a second one in the afternoon. Oh, that's the best. Then yeah. it's, it's, it's bonus. But I wonder about, about you and your four hours. The first hour, are you just kind of, do you get, okay, five, five o'clock. Well, first I, sentence, yeah. or do well you, you try, yeah. I mean, I didn't have like, I didn't have a sort of, you know, ritual beforehand or. But I mean, do you no. fool around? Do you sit down and you sort of like get, get into your space and get used to the fact that you're alone and. Let your thoughts surface and mm. check your Facebook or whatever. Or, or not uh, check my Facebook. That's, that's death. That's, that's death, right? <laughs> death, man. That's <laughs> the end of it. So no email. No. Oh, yeah. Don't do you look just at turn that. the internet off? Sometimes I do. Actually, yeah, when I wrote I've the Turk and my mother, I turned the internet. I, I yeah. wrote on a on a computer that was not connected to the internet. Yeah. That I did all that that's stuff a, on a different one. Yeah. That's a good. But idea. of course, in those days, that's this is we're talking, you know. 2000, 2000, I don't know, around 2004. Yeah. And mm -hmm. people were, it was all a little bit more primitive and you were worried that the someone- There updates that came in your, all the time to your computer. Email, well, that's you know? true. But I'm thinking in terms of you were you would be afraid that somebody would come in and wipe your hard drive or some, all these sort of spooky yeah. stories people were telling you about, you know, uh, which people could do, I guess, but- Come in and you mean- Cyber-wise? Cyberin, oh, okay. yeah, cyberin, if you like. See, yeah. I love to research more than write. You, you probably, we all share this. Like, well, we I, love yeah, to, a lot well, of research. That's I prefer writing to research. Oh, man. I don't like See, research. I, I, like, I get in the middle of a sentence and I want to look up, like, what kind of leaf pattern is on this tree or something. <laughs> Yeah. And then, you know, like two hours later, you know, I may know everything. You know about, everything you know, about cottonwoods. Right, right. right. <laughs> that's exactly. And, but then we get three paragraphs about them. Yeah. Yeah, that's the trouble with that. Even, even if it's just a, like part of it. You know, I mean, I'm just like, I just want to get something right. But then I, I don't come out of the trance quick enough. And that's the thing with the internet. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. it's so fun to look. I mean, God damn, you can go down any rabbit hole whenever you want. That's right. There are rabbit holes. Oh, jeez. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I used to write uh, every morning. At, well, I still do at this one particular Starbucks. And uh, the thing I loved about it was that they had uh, shitty internet co uh, connection, so I could just get in there and do it. Now it's, you know, as soon as I open my computer, two different yeah. Wi-Fi's are, are vying for my attention. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's so. hard to. So that that says a lot, though. So during all that, so you were writing regularly. The the whole six years despite all the other stuff that was going yeah. on. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I, I don't think I wrote years. on the weekends when I was in Iowa City, because then I was like tearing out fours. Week, like, you know, yeah, yeah. 20 hours Has a week. Had to be very regular, in. yeah. And, you know, sometimes you got a lot done and sometimes um, not so much. But that was very, you know, I, I was teaching as well, you know, so right. then I, I would, that's why, that would determine the writing schedule, right, when, when your classes were. So every semester I'd have these pieces of paper with little schedules and boxes to see, okay, this is my, you know, gra uh, graduate seminar and this is uh, world lit, you know, every, every day of the week and where can I put these writing, mm -hmm. writing sessions? And 
they were, um, the nice thing about it was that you felt like you were, you stepped out of time that, when you were writing. You know, you stepped out of time because you made it. Nobody, you're not going to do any of this other stuff. The mm -hmm. students don't exist. Nobody, you know, you're, all of you, this, all of the t huge pile of things you have to do. Mm -hmm. uh, all of those things, they they come up against a solid wall. They can't get at you. Yep. You know, and you, you're you just have it's like a window of eternity. You know, you're in eternity for four hours. There's no end. So I'm not very aware of. Uh, for a long time, I'm not aware of the time passing. But as it gets toward the end, you become aware of the time passing. Uh. And I think this is like related to the arc of the uh, guys in the studio, the musicians in the mm -hmm. studio, that you have a sort of arc of when you really start getting a lot down on the page. That's what I mean. Right. Yeah. And there's yeah. something there's something good about if you have all day, you never you never come up against mm -hmm. the the mm -hmm. uh, the wall, the end right. of the road, right. and it's the end of the road. I, I'm sure you know it's because your adrenaline is going. You're aware that you're running out of time, and yeah. that yeah. makes the words it's come. Good. It, it makes does. the words come. So so it does. Uh, um, and yet you still have to have a chunk of time. You know, I still have to have way way more time than than uh, you'd think for the amount of pages that I well, produce. Well, I, I mean, my point was basically when you get into that space of time, That's so great. you don't want to have to feel like you're in an office and immediately start accomplishing tasks. No. You no. want to say, this is my yeah. creative space, and I'm going to let my brain float in it a while, and, and if I'm writing and I need to think about something and stop, I have the, the space to think about it. Yeah, right? as long as you don't let yourself go to something else. It, that's that, what I'm that talking would be the about. Thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can't look at your email, and it is harder now because, as you say, the there it's so intrusive. You know, you really do have to turn it off. That you have yeah. to turn your Wi-Fi off. Sometimes at home, I do. I just turn the router off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's horrible that we have to do that. That we're it, so. <laughs> no, I, 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 everybody <laughs> faces it anymore. You well, know? you know, fortunately, I don't even. I'm not even interested in Facebook anymore. It's gotten to be so old and tired. I can't I've, do it. I checked out of the, all the political conversations, and other than that, it's you know pictures here and there. I do Instagram. I haven't I gotten into Instagram. I'm not doing. No Instagram takes no. There's no. It doesn't waste any of your time. It's no, just on it's, your phone because you can't really look at it real but good. It's your on consciousness your though. No, I got. I've, I've got Instagram. I've got. I, I downloaded the I, app, but I I'm put not. happy pictures up. It's only happy pictures. It's like 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 what I got on the grill or. Yeah. Or me and my girls hanging out or something, wholesome, and it's like it's perfect. Whereas mm -hmm. Facebook, yeah, you, you the political arguments. Oh, oh I couldn't touch fuck. those. No way. No. At one point, my my, no my friend Seth in L.A. He watched me have this argument with this guy in uh, my hometown, Todd Marole. We had this like battle to the death. You know, yeah. you know about you know Scott Walker in Wisconsin. Oh yeah. And and Seth uh, did a like a, he screenshotted all of or something, put it together into a Word doc and sent it to me. Twenty two thousand words. Oh wow. <laughs> you know, and do you know that that since I got off Jeez. Facebook, I've written like a six hundred page novel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to point out yeah. that there might be a correlation. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God! I mean that—that's just ridiculous. And you—I want to argue, you know, and I want to use that. I have learned how to write these fancy sentences and phrase things, and you know. So you revise your post before you hit. Oh set. man, I'm—I'm I'm coming loaded for bear, you know. These are, these, <laughs> these are my <laughs> high school football teammates, man. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Well, at least it's important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
So I, I did an intervention on myself. Actually, you know who did it? It was uh, like I was here at the residency and, and Scott Corb was saying how he quit, you know, Facebook and all the social media. And I just thought, man, I'll never be able to do that. And then I got back on the, you know, I got back home and I was like, I'm quitting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I was just done. Yeah. And I, I, yeah. I, I, sometimes I call, I, I still have an account because I can't play my Spotify if I cancel my uh, oh. account. You know, but once in a while I lurk. Yeah. yeah. I don't. I never post anything. Yeah. Sometimes I'll click like. But well, we're gonna have to post Acme Writing Academy presents Mary Helen Stefania. We'll have to get back on I for know. that. Mary Helen should be on Acme. She should. I know. I've been. I've been lobbying for that. Yeah. I think I sort of freeze up. I. I'm. You know. I don't laugh as much. We, I'm sitting here. I'm not laughing. What's the matter with that? I'll tell you what it is. What's up with that? What What's I mean. up with that? It's because you're not laughing enough. We're, you think we're you're not laughing enough. Yeah. We're tired, and we've we're had tired, a, man. a long day. You know. It's it okay. So when Acme comes to Omaha, we'll be there for like three days. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that's how it works. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we start at nine in the morning uh, <laughs> yeah. with uh, uh, aperitifs. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that sounds like a good idea. I think you're just you're just uh, one Guinness away from laughing sufficiently. Am I? Mm -hmm. I only brought one Guinness. Are you out? Would you, would you like some? Would you like a glass of wine? Well, actually, I'm not quite finished with it yet. Okay. That's the other problem. And I, I, have, <laughs> I have super fun beer from Oregon. Oh yeah. In the fridge, mm -hmm. they got Bowie. Oh, you got some. Oh, Bowie is I great. Got a bunch of you would love Bowie. I don't think I had Bowie. I don't oh think God. I've ever had it. It's excellent. That's great. It's, it's it's in in the spotted cow range. Oh, spotted cow is good. You know, it tastes like beer. Whereas you, in in the, in the Pacific Northwest, they kind of skip that part. Yeah, everything taste. tastes like uh, some kind of bitter grass. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what they lost. They lost their dang mind. That's what they done. <laughs> it's hot. Did. It's hop hop madness. Yeah, like why? You know how you much know? how bitter can we make this? Right, and they you know, and then the 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 Portland beer people. If you want something like a nice light, like a Budweiser or a Peroni or something. Yeah, they scoff. Do you, what? What kind of beer do you like? Let usually? them scoff. I like Guinness. So you're not counting That's that. A, <laughs> she's got the Guinness. What kind of beer do you like? She's wearing, wearing a, Guinness, a Guinness sweatshirt. Her sweatshirt. She's got. <laughs> okay, so I've had, like long, I've had a long day too. <laughs> <laughs> she's a hams girl. Can't you tell? Yeah, right. Jesus Christ! Is she hams the beer refreshing. Yeah. Hams the beer. <laughs> boom, 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 Look, boom, I am boom, drinking boom, it. Boom. I think, but it's actually different from beer. You know? It is. It's Guinness quite a bit is different from here. Thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. right. but, I love um, but I like Spotted Cow, too. Yeah, Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah. It's, 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 very the, good. it's the best thing our state has to offer. Because yeah. speaking of writing, I mean, this is time for me to remind our listener. <laughs> our listener. <laughs> the one who, you know, the one hasn't turned it off yet because it's too far Individual out number. They left their phone individual somewhere. 15. That this is the Acme Writing Academy, and we're enlightening you about all things writing. So, uh, Guinness, right? Guinness, indeed. Yeah. Dublin, I guess. Have you been to Dublin? I've been to Dublin. So you've had the Guinness in Dublin. I've had the Guinness it's in Dublin. It's better than the Guinness in London. Or at least it is was it, in 1973. You know, I, I, it, was, it was good. It, I mean, Guinness on tap is always better than Guinness in a bottle. Oh, yeah. Uh, but... Um, does, I guess I'm not a connoisseur enough. I does just, this one have the uh, exploding cartridge? No, I think oh, the cans. It, the cans right. have that. Yeah. The, they shoot up. You know, they should. That should be nitrous oxide. Yeah, 
Oh, there'd be an extra little bonus, eh? Yeah, right. <laughs> that little nitrous oxide. Is no, I remember. So when I went to Eau Claire for school, I, you know, I grew up in Milwaukee area, and, and there was just regular beer, you know, Pabst, Miller, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And the drinking age was 18. Yep. And the bar that I went to, it was like, it was a jazz bar. Dizzy Gillespie had played there and everything. In Eau Claire, they had Guinness and Walters. Mm. That was a, and the slogan for Walters beer was, it's it's the beer that is beer. Oh, I probably liked it then. <laughs> the beer that is beer. <laughs> that it, Wait a minute. The beer that, that is beer. Isn't that Ma- uh, Margaret Colm's uh, first sentence type? <laughs> the Martha, beer, beer Martha Cohn. We were talking Cone. about Martha Cohn's transformational right. grammar model. We got to go back to the, how your class went. You taught a class uh, here at the undisclosed location. It was today. good. On transformational it's weird. grammar. It, it's really hard to teach transformational class. grammar. That's what I it love was. transformational I grammar, know, what, what but I don't that? know how you teach it. You just said through a whole hour, but me lecture not. I need on all that's transformational that's, grammar. Jesus, well, what? you went to the class. Yeah. Of course I did. Oh, you're not supposed yeah. to. But. Oh, oh, so. Sh- <laughs> hey, let me hit rewind here. Hang on. Individual two. Will <laughs> you not so, tell individual two I went to a right, class. Okay. No, transformational grammar is where you uh, you consider large clusters of words and sentences, introductory right. phrases, uh, 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 positives and great numbers as parts of speech. So if you have, for instance, the subject of the sentence, you know, uh, Harry, mm-hmm. and then it's Harry the... 32-year-old, whatever did you put in the positive? That's an adjective, so that's an adjectival slot. So you can consider however many words you can push in there as one adjective. Mm-hmm. And how, whatever you can have before the... the an adjectival phrase. Yeah, yeah. or it, it doesn't even matter if it's one adjectival phrase. Whatever's in that slot becomes yeah, an adjective. It functions as a collective adjective, yeah. And you think of yeah. preposition, you know, <clears throat> prepositional phrases as adverbs and stuff. I think it's it's easier to learn the learn how the sentence works than than the tree thing. Well, like I think, diagramming. I yeah, oh, like that is like I, oh. I man, and I, I'm not smart by any means, you know, but I'm smart enough to figure out stuff like grammar and trees. I couldn't do it. Well, I, I was beat trees across the knuckles, you know. Oh, but but by trees you just mean diagramming where you put yeah, a line di- and yeah. you write the subject tree. and then yeah. you put the yeah, object. See what I think is a sentence flows. You probably line. got that down uh, instinctively, right? Well, I almost included. I if I, I couldn't really well because I also did a, a thing on sentences today, as you mm-hmm. know. Yes. And uh, I wanted to put uh, you know have a little d- thing about diagramming sentences, but a couple of reasons I didn't. One is I couldn't figure out how to do it on the PowerPoint. You know, I didn't want to. Draw See? it and then, it, yeah, right. the, 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 yeah, the technology. Then you'd have to photograph it and create a slide. Yeah, and, and plus, yeah. Uh, yeah. well, the way we were doing it, you the way they have it set up, you never, you don't get a chance to use, uh, you know, PowerPoint comes with a pen. You a can pen, write right. on it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it never show it doesn't show up anywhere. You don't, you're not there. Yeah. But the, anyway, but it was funny because I did come across Gertrude Stein, who apparently loved diagramming sentences. Yeah, of that course. Was the best of thing course about she school. loved it. It was a power thing. thing. She she used it to manipulate. But how? But she herself. <laughs> but the, but she herself never wrote a sentence that anyone could possibly diagram. You know, because they just went on and on, and they best. weren't sentences. Yeah, I mean. But anyway. But di- but then the thing is, I like diagramming sentences. I like the visual. But I don't think that it really helps you. Uh, right, because right. because the sentence does not flow like in trees off a root. You know, you think of the sentence would just be the root that goes along. That's what a sentence is like. It, it 
it, it's one line across the page followed by another line across the page. Yeah. So if you diagram in, in lines that diverge from the regular line of the language that you see, you're not diagramming within the actual structure that occurs. So, so transformational grammar takes each part of that. Instead of doing a tree, it, you just highlight this part of the sentence and that's what it is. Well, I... I mean, you sort of have to skip the idea of direct object, indirect object, and instead think of it in, in a two-part structure, just the subject and the predicate. Mm. Whereas when you diagram, you need to know the indirect object and... Yeah, if you have one. Yeah. You don't have to have one. But I mean, it's, it's a more... Yeah, I don't know. Well, I, I the, the thing I got from it was I don't know. was that you you had this basic sentence, Mike drinks wine, mm -hmm. okay, and then between before the word, after the words, and between the words there are spaces, and so before the word, you you put some kind of uh, adverbial right phrase every morning. Yeah, I mean, drinks, time, manner, and reason. Yeah. Right. Every morning, Mike drinks wine. And then after, in the space between Mike and drinks, you put an adjectival thing. Every morning, Mike, a professor at right. Undisclosed Loco Location University, right. drinks wine. And anyhow, it was a very reasonable way. And, and what, what you ended up, do you have that sentence here? You should, you should read it because it was, it was like... A totally over really oh, how you start with this three word sentence yeah. and then you start puffing it and out and you yeah. get this 75 yeah. words. Yeah, yeah. 175 yeah. words. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, I think it's mostly it's useful. The, the best thing about I don't know, I don't know how I can say this, but I kind of come at it from you need to find the you know what what people would call the main clause, you know, or the independent that's, clause, uh, right? That's, right, that's, and that's, right. And th that's what essentially makes it a sentence as opposed to yes, a group of words. that's what you were saying today. Right, yeah. Right. And, and you've got to make sure the reader can favor, find that. So you're, you're in favor of more cumulative, that's what we call it, where like you can find the main clause and then if you want to add more to the sentence, it comes afterwards? Well, no, because you can have it, it could also be, what's the opposite of a cumulative? Periodic. Yeah. Well, you were, I yeah. was talking about periodic. Yeah, right. Yeah. But periodic, um, I mean, no, because you can have a lot of things before you get, as well, before you get to the main clause. Your but you got to have it. Inviolate, right? You have to keep it inviolate. You have to you know? keep the main yeah. clause inviolate. something in the middle, or yeah. the, and you can put things at the end, but the reader has to be able to tell what goes with that what. Is, you gotta That's keep the like, main right, clause at the end inviolate. of the day, That's you still a, have to be able to look into that paragraph and see Mike drinks wine. Right, or yeah, right? Otherwise, yeah. It, otherwise yeah. it's gobbledygook. You don't right. know what goes with what. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a. Uh, um, uh, in in the Stanley Fish book, how to read a sent or how to write a sentence and how to read one. I kind of hate to. Well, anyway, it, it's hard to say nice things about Stanley Fish. Don't say nice things. I'm, well, in, I'm not going to say anything nice or not nice. <laughs> this is Acme. Case, all the gloves are off. Yeah. Yes, yes. Well, you don't want me to get to tell my Stanley Elkins story. That would not be good. Well, we could just call him individual. What are we up to? Number twenty-three. Yeah. Individual. What oh, happened? Mary Helen lost. I lost my mic. Oops. She got oh. she got so disturbed. That's by right. The I started oh waving gosh. my arms around. This is Mary Helen, you know. But like, <laughs> all bets are off. Is that go? Does that like that? Does that, that work? That seems I don't to know. work. Is it looking? It's working all right. Are you talking? I'm. Well, I'm not. Well, I'm you talking are on channel now. channel three. It looks good. That looks good. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if it'll sound good, but it looks good. Well, there. Um, 
that that principle, and then the the other thing, the other question you have to ask about it, is what goes with what, you know. So that's how you know <laughs> everything in the sentence. So one thing that Stanley Fish says that's good, instead of defining a sentence the way, you know, traditionally it's a group of words that mm. uh, contains a subject and a verb and contains a complete thought or expresses a complete thought, right. which isn't, which covers most sentences. I mean, yeah, it covers yeah, most sentences. Somewhat. But yeah. uh, I instead, he's saying, well, what you, what you, um, you have to do is um, uh, look for the, this core, you know, the, the Essentially, the main clause, although he doesn't, he kind of tries to avoid using that sort of thing. But it would be like Mike drinks wine, mm -hmm. and then uh, whatever else is in the sentence, you you have to because the sentence is a I know he calls it a logical, uh, a lot a series of logical relationships, words mm -hmm. in logical relationships to one another, mm -hmm. and what what keeps a list of words from being just or what keeps, keeps a sentence from being just a list of words, a list of items, mm -hmm. which happen to be words or phrases, is this, the fact that there are logical relationships among all those words. And that's what you're, mm -hmm. uh, that's what you try to do, is you see where is the, I, I think it's really important to be able to identify the, in a sense, the core of the sentence, this right. main clause. And then everything Absolutely. else, everything else in it, if you're not sure how to punctuate it or something, you just say, okay, I've got this phrase embarking on a task. You know, what does it go with? What does it go with? You know, mm -hmm. it goes with, uh, in that sentence, that sentence from Donald Barthelme, a writer is one who, embarking on a task, does not know what to do. So embarking on a task, that's, you know, the writer is the, the one who is the, is, um, it's the who, really, that it goes with. And so right. you know um, uh, how to punctuate it, how to kind of keep it from bumping into other So other So who, and that thing, is an, an adjectival phrase? I don't know. That's his his term. Oh, that's yeah. your term. <laughs> but it's a Absolute writer. Absolute phrase introducer. Embarking on a task. Embarking on a task. Isn't that just a participial phrase? But it, that's an absolute phrase because it modifies the subject and the predicate when it's an introductory position. So it's it's what oh, right. Gardner, it's Gardner the, called it an infinite phrase, and they've changed the terminology or whatever. Uh -huh. It's got some verb in it, doesn't but it? But it is yeah. a participial yeah. phrase that's just looked at by itself, being used in the way that you're. Correct. Yeah. yeah that you're describing, but it mm. starts with a present participle. Embarking, embarking on a task, yeah. right? And it interrupts one, uh, who does not know what to do. That's what it interrupts, right? Who, who does not know what to do. Mm. So the, all the important stuff in that sentence is in this, uh, some kind of, it's a relative clause, I, that probably we could call it something else, transformational grammar-wise, but it's a relative clause, who does not know what to do. Is a writer is one who does not know what to do, is the basic um, uh, sentence. Although the main clause is just a writer is one. But but in terms of transformational grammar, it functions as an adjective, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. A, it would be an. It's a relative clause that I. So what I would call it a relative yeah. clause is introduced by who a relative pronoun <laughs> that uh, uh, is adding information to yeah. the the noun. Yeah. yeah. So so yeah. So then it functions. Adjectivally. Adjectivally. What was the sentence that had it, that in there, the it clefted sentence? The one that started with it? Yeah. That was the first sentence in uh, uh, Pride and Prejudice. Ah, okay. Oh, yeah. a man needing a wife. Yeah, now I have wife. to think of how, how that sentence goes. God, I swear. Like, I don't know what it is the truth universally accepted. 
that a man in possession of a good fortune must be in want of a wife. That's how it goes. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. So it is right. the truth universally accepted, um, which is so much, you know, it's like, in a sense, it's sort of froth, especially the it is right. that. It's just froth. Yeah, the, it, that, Those words don't mean anything. Right. You know? they're, right. They're, they're done the strictly. Right. It's just variation it's ornamentation. It's, yeah. a, it's a Doric or uh, Corinthian column or yeah. something, you know? Yeah, it's an ornament, though. Yeah. It's yeah. like I think you said in your talk that it, it gives it importance. It gives it importance and a little air right. of formality, a very civilized, it's a very civilized way to say it. Yeah. It is a truth. Look at this. Inv inv here we are on our screened in porch or our. our Big entryway. Yes, know? it's very, very kind of upper class. Yes, um, it, it is a truth. Universal. I mean, it's talk about arrogance. You, you, the title of your talk was what? Arrogance. The arrogance sense. of sentences. I mean, if there's anything more arrogant than saying it is a universal truth. Yeah. That, yes, that's you one, know right. That's one where the words <laughs> as well are openly kind of arrogant. Yes. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, it's funny. Actually, whenever I say something, I, I think that's just kind of implied. It is a truth a universal universally that acknowledged. That goes without saying, yeah. right, Mike? Or accepted. It is a truth universally accepted. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've ever heard you say anything that... At uh, all. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I was going to say, I don't think I've ever heard you say anything, Rick, that wasn't a truth universally accepted. Oh, well, that's a terrible thing to say. It is. I know. I meant it to be a compliment, but now you know, it's, but it's, it's, it's terrible. I really like, don't think you it's... You conventional person is I don't really think it's true <laughs> either. I think most yeah. people don't agree with me yeah, about no. a lot of I, stuff. I, yeah, that I can understand why. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know what? My, my nickname used to be Contrary Man. All right. So oh, then it's just... I lived back in Boston. Oh, well, then you just have to change it to, it is the truth universally rejected that Rick Crisman... <laughs> uh, you know, and, and so on. How the rest of the sentence. There's one thing I just want to say before we sign off. Is earlier when I was reading your paragraph from Pondside. Yes. And I was reading it, and I was exaggerating every time we see it through Foster's eyes. Foster thought about it. Yeah, Foster. Well, we're told. And, that we're and I was it. I was accenting that, and then I see this worried look on your face, like. Oh, do I have to go back and take some of those out? Which I was sort of when thinking, maybe. I, I know you were thinking that, but, but <laughs> yeah. so, so it's like hanging around the room. No, no, no. Yeah. So I want to put the, foot, the, 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 the footnote, footnote to this is that I was only exaggerating it to lay bare yeah. the technique. Ah, right. But when I was first reading it, it's, you don't notice that. Yeah. Right? What all it does is just brings you closer to the character. Yeah. And I was reading that as an example of how to do it, not as a critique for get some well, of this yeah, shit yeah. out of here, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, I know that, but the okay. thing is, even just hearing it read aloud, it's true that you want to use the minimal number of he thoughts, he figures, and it occurred to's as you can possibly, you know, you don't want to have the minimum, the minimum number uh, of them, so that, uh, but that still works, you yeah. know, that works to do exactly what you're describing, to yeah. keep keep the reader kind of a rem rem essentially reminding the reader that you're seeing this through Foster. Especially since you're going through all these different characters. Like right, there are other the, point the, of view the characters. Of view. Yeah. And I think, see, I think the same strategy works for uh, second person, where everybody says, don't write in second person, because, and I think the reason why second person is obnoxious is because it's you, 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 you. Ah, and yeah. every time it's like a poke in the forehead. Oh, stop. Bonk, bonk, bonk. <laughs> 
You know, so you can no, just dis- establish the you and just tell the damn story. You got fourth wall problems. You need like a psychoanalysis for that. No, no, no. It's not. <laughs> you know, like they, they, nobody means it to be you. Sec- second, you think no, too no, much no. Of second yourself. person doesn't break the fourth wall. It doesn't break the fourth wall. But every time they say you, you think it's you. No, no, no. It's just so a, it's, 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 it's breaking it's, the fourth wall. It's, 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 it's just, breaking the fourth wall. It's like a tick. You know, it's just like you. You, you. Well, no. Well, then it would be it'd be she, 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 or whatever. You know. Well, no. It's more like she, I, I, I. Yeah, 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 yeah. And on that note, I think we're gonna put put this episode to bed. Thank you to Mary Helen Stefaniak for joining us. Oh, and thank you. Oh, no, thank you. No, no, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> it's the Acme Writing Academy. We're gonna take a break. We'll be back with God knows what. All right. <laughs> Okay, that wraps up another Acme. Thanks to you, the listener, for hanging in there. Be sure to check out our entire product line wherever you get your podcasts. We hope you'll join us again. Until then, happy writing. Happy writing.